What is up, everybody? It is your boy, Michael Harris, joined as always with Lincoln Cook. Welcome to the Left Hand Backhand Podcast. Uh, coming at you from a Wednesday night following the first round of Worlds. Um, and we are excited to just dive into this because we have no other disc golf news and notes to cover. So We had a break in coverage last week, and for good reason, because we got Worlds this week. So it's a four-round Five. So five round tournament. Yep. We've completed like 0.8 of round one so far. So we have 4.2 rounds left to go. And yeah. we're just going to talk about some of the storylines. We're going to talk about the course. We're going to do a little dealer's choice, this or that player action. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as if you could put anything, like dye anything on a disc, we're going to talk about some fun disc, disc dye ideas. Nice. And uh, then talk about what we're looking forward to. Yeah, sounds good. Perfect. So first round uh, almost got completed today. Uh, were you able to watch any of it? No, I have not watched any of it yet. Uh, taking a quick step back, we want to preface this is a five worlds. They do a five round tournament. And there's a cut after round three or is it round four? I don't think it's just four. I feel like they have to do it three or maybe after round two, but I'm not entirely sure. Cause after round two, they start combining the pools, which by Correct. that, yes. which by that point, like why would you still have 200 players yeah. competing on the opposite course? But I'm not sure. I don't know when the cut yeah. is, but they have one and they need to have it early and often when you have 420 MPO players <laughs> playing. Yeah. I, I want to say it's after round four that they have like a big cut. They might have a smaller cut after round two. I'm not sure. We'll yeah. look into it. Um, but there's this is a five round tournament and there is a cut, at least one cut. Yep. Uh, they're playing in. Vermont at mm-hmm. this beautiful property. There's two courses there. There's uh, Brewster Ridge. Or, so the, the the resort or whatever is called Smuggler's Notch. And there's two courses there, Brewster Ridge and Fox Run Meadows. And these are two of my favorite courses on tour to watch. Normally, this is called the uh, Green Mountain Championships, which yep. is a, a regularly held tournament that they have at Smuggler's Notch every year. It is a, I believe it's similar to D-Glow in that they do like, I don't know if it's skiing or if it's sledding, but it's kind of a winter park in the winter, uh, you know, snow, people come and play, do stuff. And then in the summer, it's a disc golf center, which is really cool. Yeah, for sure. And this is high up on our bucket list. We've been talking about it all year, I feel like. Yeah, no, it, it's a good one. I like it. Now that I'm watching it play for worlds i'm not sure how i feel like it feel about the course for a major slash world title it's it's good it's good but other people have brought this up it's like i want to see something changed altered to beef up and put some more thorns in the middle of the course 
as opposed to just playing the same layout with one or two different tee pads, changing one or two like basket locations. Like hmm. I want to see it at the hardest it can be to really challenge and just be like to be different than it actually is for the yearly tournament that they hold there. You know, like that's like Yes, I I understand what you're saying there. Do you think that it needs to be harder? Like um as in if you know they did make some minor changes to it. Do you think that's still not hard enough? Like is this not a course worthy for worlds? Is that what you're saying? It I I don't disagree that it's worthy of worlds, but I would still like to see it altered in a harder sense even more than they maybe did or just in so like for the layout that they have for GMC the just say a fairway is 80 feet wide for worlds guess what it's going to be 60 feet now bring yeah. those bring those lines in more let some fescue grow a little bit more on the sides um like you still want it manicured prepared everything but i just feel like you need to make it stand out and above what it normally does year in and year out for a a pro tour event to host a worlds and make it like more meaningful to the fans and players. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um from watching this course in the past, they did have worlds there eighteen twenty eighteen. Yep. When the old man Greg Barsby one over Paul. Um, I think that the finishing holes on the course are pretty fantastic yes. in terms of you can't just stroll your way down to an easy par on the no. last couple of holes. Like there's teeth on it still. Yeah. There's, there's lots of OB, there's long shots, there's elevation change. There's specific landing zones. There's opportunity to push a shot further. You know, mm -hmm. I can't remember if it was AB or somebody a couple of years ago, but saw somebody throw a monster drive and was in circle two on hole 18. I remember seeing Gannon post something about him doing yeah. that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The other, the other long lanky guy. It, I can picture it turning the whole way. Yeah. And then fading late in that circle too. So I think that this course is definitely one of the top tier courses on tour. When we eventually have our end of year rankings and go back and rank all the, the courses yeah. after we watched this year, I think it'll still be up there. It might not have the teeth that like you're saying you want for worlds to kind of separate it and make it stand out a little more. Yeah, but I still think that the course itself and the property is some of the best out there. Yeah, no, I I don't think it should be. That's the the weird thing with worlds. So you have USDGC always on the same property. You have the Champions Cup now always on the same property. Which that needs to change. Eh, maybe it's 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 debatable. It's debatable. Okay, like it it's on the same like they need to make it harder somehow, but I don't think it needs to necessarily change where it is. Um, and then you have the European open. It's on the same course. Worlds is the only one that rotates 
And I feel like it needs to have some type of identity of being harder than as many courses as possible. And two, just not like, I almost think this is the one tournament that should be at kind of newer, different courses that have been played and like tried and true, but are like not year in year out tournaments on the pro tour. So I think of just like, like last year, last year when they had the DDO and worlds at Emporia, like that was stupid. Mm -hmm. This yeah. year, they at least don't have the Green Mountain Championship, but mm-hmm. we see this course every single year. I yeah. feel like when when it was at Utah, I liked that it was at a it was at a a high level course, but it was a course that that was I think the first year it was on the Pro Tour, or maybe it was a silver or something, and then we haven't even Correct. seen it. Since. It was it was just an A series or yeah. an A tier. Yeah. But like Fire. we haven't seen it back on the pro tour, you know. Yeah, why do you think that is? I don't know, but that's the. Th- it's like I want them to be challenged. Like, I want them to have to go out to a new course, figure out how to play it, understand the lines, understand the discs, different altitudes, whatever. Of like, getting a full, new like perspective at a course instead of, just being like. Oh, I remember my notes from the last eight years. I know exactly how it's playing, and nothing has changed. So you like the idea of worlds changing courses? I don't dislike it. It would be fun if it was just at one, but kind of like the U.S. Open in golf, where it like rotates between five or six, or like a few venues. But it's like, yeah, rotating is fine as long as we see it once every three years once every five years type of thing yeah i think that's that's fair as well uh in golf there's the masters which we kind of compare to usdgc right yeah and you're saying worlds is more comparable to the u.s open right yeah what's the masters cup comparable to then like the shell. Well, I would have. I mean, so the, like the, what are the, what's the other majors? Because you have the U.S. Open, the European Open, the British Open, the British Open, and then what? What is the fourth golf? I don't know. The, it's the Players Championship. That's always is that always at the course down in Florida, or no? I don't remember. Yeah. I mean, Matt, Anyways, to me, I'm getting, getting sidetracked a little bit. Yeah, but. To me, the Masters Cup almost feels like the Masters. It's at the same place. It's like, because, and they're right next to each other. It's like, that's where I think of it as. Yeah, I just think, I mean, it literally is in Augusta, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, USDGC has way more prestige. Yes, for sure. Which the Masters has the most prestige to it. Yeah. Uh, that being said, looking at worlds this year, I think GMC needs to stay at the tournament, but yes. I understand what you're saying in that we don't want to just like next year, all of a sudden we're not going to have the Portland open or sorry, I guess next year's in 
um in uh vermont uh not vermont uh virginia virginia yeah um bedford yeah bedford where is it? i can't remember anyways wherever yeah. foundations met mm -hmm. um but we'll say the year after say they're doing it in portland yeah i don't want to just take away the portland open and replace because it with worlds. Do worlds there yeah i want to keep yeah. portland open portland open and then do worlds not at portland open exactly <laughs> you know I mean? exactly like yes I, I i agree with your sentiment there because like next year we're gonna say oh who won gmc last year oh wait never mind we had worlds there who won gmc the year before that right yeah so it's, it's gonna be a weird like you're if you keep doing it at places where we've had other bigger tournaments you're skipping years of these tournaments because worlds passed through was there exactly that's that's what i mean is like yeah need to I, I i see what you're saying now and yeah. i i agree yeah picking like three or four rotating courses that have i mean the same thing with at ledgestone it's like that is a great place to host worlds you yeah. either need to just make it the world's course and that's what that is or you it almost can't host worlds i don't think something like that i don't i don't yeah. know how you do that but yes yeah, my I, is yeah. i agree and just in you saying that just now i'm like i would almost be down with changing ledgestone to worlds it's fine have it be but, there but that's uh that's a debate for another show because we have actual news from worlds to talk about a little bit yeah uh yeah i only saw this on a reel so hopefully you can speak to this more but we have some weather delay slash issues going on round one of worlds yep um i don't know exactly when it started so i started watching fpo coverage when the lead card was around or the What's the, what's the card? The feature card. Feature card. There you go. That's the word. Um, was on hole four or five. Um, and it wasn't quite raining yet. Maybe slight drizzle, but you couldn't tell. And then mm -hmm. hole seven, eight, nine. It just like the skies opened and it was downpour torrential downpour i have no idea how these people held onto their discs um and at this point it was just like get through your round because i think at the time Kristen was at three or four down and cat was already cat merch was already in the clubhouse at four down so oh, wow i'm thinking like Kristen, you just got to get into the clubhouse not giving up any more strokes um it did pass and she was able to finish the course like not in torrential downpour but at that point your towels are all wet your discs are all wet your shoes are soaked your clothes are soaked um just like not ideal conditions you're in the mud muck um thrown through trees off of paver tee pads which are like not ideal yeah for a world championship but we kind of covered that on our two episodes <laughs> ago talking about tee pads um yeah go back and listen to that yeah but it was it was 
not the prettiest conditions and she still just persevered and kept chugging along and set the hot round for probably her what 15th round in a row <laughs> on the With nine birdies yeah one bogey one bogey and that yeah. was at brewster ridge yeah yep so just uh recapping through round one so far for fpo uh kristen first at minus eight valerie's in second at minus five and good for valerie because she finished strong she finished very back strong. Yeah. Finished birdie, birdie, birdie. But she also had a double and a bogey in the middle of the round. Yep. And that can, you know, make or break the round. So really she had uh eight birdies. Yeah. Well that's the thing. Eight like, birdies and, and, and a bogey and a double. So good yeah. for her. Those high scores came kind of exactly at the middle to end of that, that rain spell. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Just like absolute chaos. Yep, and then uh, Cat Merch uh, in third place at minus four. Uh, Missy Gannon and Stacey Ronsley at minus three. Uh, and then a slew at minus two and minus one even and yep. then over par. Um, yeah. So just while we're still on FPO, we're not doing picks the way that we were earlier this year. Don't know how interesting it was. It was more fun for us to kind of just do a little competition. Uh, yeah. However, we have given up on that. And uh, – Instead, for Worlds, we're just kind of going with our non-obvious pick for Worlds, like the player Not that we're, any, we're anyone, from. yeah, anyone other than Kristen at this point. Yeah, yeah. For FPO, it's kind of pretty much anybody other than Kristen. For yeah. MPO, it's kind of anybody other than Gannon, Ricky, Paul, uh, yeah. Calvin, like just those like top five names or so. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna go with our pick, and then like our like kind of dark horse player to watch. Yeah. So, uh, for FPO, I picked Holland Hanley, and she's currently tied for six at minus two. So decent start for her with a double and three bogeys. So she had a lot of birdies, just a double and three bogeys. That, that's her game, and that's gonna be yeah. the exact same thing <laughs> at Fox Run. Is yeah, for real. If she can keep it in bounds and make a putt here or there, she will push up the leaderboard. But if she sprays and prays, then she's going to kind of just stay right around there. Yep. And then my other player that I want to watch is Paige Shu, who won it in 2018 at this exact uh, – at these courses. So those are – that's my my pick and then my player to watch. Nice. Um, My pick? I've been following her on socials for a while, but Stacy Ronsley. Yes. Like, she's she's good. She's got a good game. She's but, hilarious. Yeah. Too. Shout out so, to Stacy Ronsley. If you ever want to come on the pod, let us know. You know. Yeah. So she's awesome. Um and trending in the right direction at the end of the season. She had I think she had a pretty good result um at Deglo, if I'm not mistaken, but I could be hundred percent wrong. Um but great first round, off to a good start, so Hopefully she keeps it rolling. And my dark horse, and she's not that dark horse because she's in ninth right now, but is Silva Saarinen. Wow. Okay. She's from Finland. Finnish. She was the one who came second 
in that like European, not the European Open, but that that last tournament two weeks ago. That that Kristen one, yeah. Um, wow, good for her. But you can see her scorecard. She was at one point five down, and then the rain came, and you had to finish out some tough holes in tough conditions, and just kind of more or less threw it away. She got triple bogey on a par yeah, she, three. She had eight birdies. Yeah. In round one and five pars, which shows you that yeah. she did a lot of bogey. Too. Very, very colorful colorful scorecard. So um yeah. she was leading to hole eleven and then Kristen caught her, obviously. Um mm-hmm. but I think she has that kind of mentality to just keep chugging along and stay close to Kristen and maybe she might have another fifteen stroke like kind of meltdown on the final round and the result yeah. could be different this time. Yeah, cool. Well, uh I just the name popped into my head when I said that we should have Stacy Ronsley on the pod. Um I'm gonna reach out to Erica Stinchcomb after Worlds and see if she wants to come on the pod, talk to us about Worlds. I think that'd be super cool. Yeah. Um and I just checked her scorecard. Unfortunately she's uh plus nine. So it looks like she just was playing bogey golf for the backside while it was raining on her. Yeah. Um, but anyways, er- Erica, shout out to you because you're awesome. And Well, she was on Fox Run. She was at Fox Run. Yep. But yeah, same conditions. Yep. Uh, moving to MPO, do we want to do our picks before we kind of talk about some of the stuff from round one? Let's talk about it first and then make the picks. Because I think well, it, out. yeah, I think it changes the whole dynamics of what some of those top feature card players are going to have to go through. Um, so they had a pretty long rain lightning delay, um, to start their round. Yeah. Um, as this was happening half the field was already finished and finishing their rounds. I think that's how, that's where Chris came in. Well, he was one of the first ones out, came in with the hot score. Um, but those those MPO players, I think they're on hole three, the, the lead feature card. And so they only got through hole 12. Um, so these guys had to deal Crazy. with wet, soppy, muddy conditions. I don't think it was raining so much on them as like compared to the FPO players, but that's just a long day of waiting around, sitting in wet, getting your shoes wet, everything. Um, But tomorrow they're going to have to wake up, go over to Brewster again, finish those six holes. And then however they finish, get rearranged and maybe have to go right back out onto Fox run. Yeah. And go play a totally different course, totally different mentality after you just played eight holes. So I'm saying it now, if any of those 10 guys that were like the kind of favorites going into the into the final, like to win yeah. this Worlds, if any of those 10 that were on those feature cards that didn't finish... If they don't win, 
there's I'm gonna put probably the biggest asterisk next to whoever does win unless they just absolutely blow away. Like if they if they just blow everyone away and shoot 50 down for all five rounds, hats off to them. No one was gonna catch them anyways. But having to go through like going from today's round, not finishing and dealing with that tomorrow is just like utterly ridiculous for those top players that have so much expectations and weight on their shoulders to perform well at this event. Forty, forty-one, forty-two, forty-three, forty-four, forty-five, forty-six, forty-seven, forty-eight, forty-nine, fifty, fifty-one, fifty-two. Fifty-two guys have to finish around tomorrow morning. Yeah, out of two hundred and twenty. That's a lot. Yeah. Uh, on on that list of people tomorrow, you got your boy, uh, Cupcake Curtis or Curtis. Yeah. Right, Curtis. Yeah. Um, so yeah, very interesting to see how this will, I, I don't want to throw an asterisk on it because it could happen in any, any tournament, any worlds or whatever, but it is going to be a little bit of a, I'm sure in, in seven years, we're not going to care about it, but yeah, right afterwards, it, it might feel a little weird. So Hopefully that doesn't happen. Uh, we have a, a lot of players that have actually shot pretty good rounds mm-hmm. or, and some that haven't even finished. Uh, but currently in the lead, we got our lefty. Shout yeah. out Chris Clemens, minus 12 yep. at Brewster Ridge. So awesome for Chris. And then AB is, is in second at minus 10. And then a bunch of people tied at minus nine, minus eight, minus seven, and so on. So we don't need to go through them. Um, I did want to point out one thing on the stats at Fox Run, because uh, I mentioned how I like to finish at Fox Run, the, the finishing hole. Yeah. Uh, just looking at the stats from round one, hole 16 is a par four, and it's averaging over par. Yeah. Hole 17 is a par 3, and it's averaging under par. And then hole 18 is that par 4, and it is averaging 0.44 over par, yeah. which is a pretty high amount over par. So yeah. I think that's a great, great finish. Like uh, holes 14 and 15, and – oh, shoot. Oh, my gosh. Uh, holes 12, 13 – I don't know. There's – a slew in the middle that are all averaging very close to par. And then 16 is very over par. 17 is under par and 18 is very over par. Yeah. So like, I will. Got, yeah. It, I will there, there's, say there's lots of opportunity to have great drama coming down this final fifth round. Whenever it does. Yeah. Come up. My only like slight asterisk to that stat is those players that did play Fox Run are the second, like, are the players 150. They're the B, they're the B pool. Yeah, 150 through 300 in this tournament. Not saying they, they're not good. Not saying they don't have a chance. Because last Worlds, 
you had Tristan Tanner come from the B pool, and after two or three rounds, he was still a few strokes off the lead, um, mm-hmm. but kind of fell off at the end. But like, yes, looking at, I do like that there is the greater opportunity to have scoring separation at the end of Fox Run. Yeah. Um, moving into picks, unless you have anything else you want to go through. No. I called this yeah. probably a month ago. Yeah. Yeah. I said a month ago that my pick for Worlds, my dark horse pick for Worlds, and not even like that dark horse, but like I said, watch out for this player to do yeah. well at Worlds, is James Proctor. Yep. And thankfully, James Proctor is doing well. He's minus seven through 14 holes, so he has four left to go at Brewster before he moves to Fox Run. So, yeah, who knows in those four holes, he could be minus 11 and tie for second or in second place, or yep. he could bogey out. And you never know. But yeah. uh, good start for him. And that is the player that I put my name on. A while ago, just to put it out there. So, um, yeah. what about you? Who's your dark horse pick? Um, he wasn't a dark horse to start, but um, how that first round finished for him, it's got to be Eagle. I feel like he's one of those guys that's down the leaderboard that can make that push. Oh, okay, I like um, that. I did. He's the he won he got the the world championship putting at this tournament. They do mm-hmm. like c- competitions at the beginning yeah. of the week, so I think once conditions start like becoming more favorable, he'll be able to push it a lot more, give himself more circle one, circle two looks than most people, and coming off the success of the the putting competition, I think he'll start making a lot more. So I'm expecting him to make a big move. Um I like that. That's good that's a good call out, especially because he did have a slow start. Yeah, a very slow start. Um other than that though, I'm I'll just keep rooting for Chris. You know, lefties, you gotta stick together. Got um, it, baby. I I definitely like his chances going forward because Fox Run, it's more open, but I don't think it is like as distance dependent as some of the other courses that are on tour. And Correct. his ability to have to work the disc forehand and backhand compared to other people's just like forcing turnovers, um, I think it'll just prove very helpful. And clearly, he was very successful in these conditions at Brewster. So I think in even better conditions, I'd love to see what he could do. Um, And yeah. And just go lefties. Yeah. Uh, Well, shout out to Nick Hansen, who's in the B pool. Yeah. Yeah. Who shot at 10 down with two bogeys. Yeah. Ridiculous. Like so great. That was a 1070 rated round with two bogeys. Like, uh, very happy to see that. Nick Hansen uh, is a well-known semi-touring pro, as yeah. in he, well, he yeah. tours, but then he also does camera work yeah. for the pro tour. 
Um, and he's pretty well known here in Colorado. Yep. He plays three or three open and does well. Did you know got I got a, a I got a lesson from him? Did you really? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know funny. that. Yeah. I got it for my birthday four years ago now. What? Well, three three years ago. Yeah. It was super fun. That is cool. Tell tell me more. What um I mean forget what, most what'd of you it. learn from him? Uh, <laughs> I learned that my form is terrible and he throws it way way farther than me um he does worked on a lot of grip and just like keeping my my body and my arm like more level playing but it's been a while since it happened it was it was just like run down some things but that's fun it was good that's cool yeah yeah nick's nick's cool guy he uh spends a lot of time in colorado i don't know if he's from colorado or if he lives here in the off season I can't remember, but Mike yeah. has good buddies with him. Yeah. Uh, and to kind of sick to see him pop off on the, on the, in the B pool, shoot minus 10. So. Yeah, for sure. Well, that is, that is awesome. That's worlds. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm actually not even going to be able to watch the end of worlds because I'm going to be out in the mountains with my phone turned off and yeah. just get away from the world. But I'm excited to see how everything finishes out. And, yeah. uh, We'll have a new world champion by the time we jump back on the pod. Maybe. Could be a repeat. <laughs> Could be a repeat champion. Uh, sorry, a newly crowned yes. world champion. Yeah. A 2023 crowned world champion. Thank you for That's correcting correct. me on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, cool. Well, for dealer's choice, I had a small idea pop into my head kind of as we were prepping for the show. And I'm going to give you a this player or that player and i want you to choose who you would rather see not who you think is going to see who you would rather see win world okay so you ready yeah okay chris clemens or anthony barella a b and do you want me to give reasons if you want yeah because we're gonna go through a bunch of these so yeah if you want to give a quick blurb um following his european meltdown European Open meltdown. Um, I'm not going to say he deserves it, but he has a huge monkey on his back of not being able to win, um, kind of being in Paul's shadow for all these years, um, yeah. switching over to Discraft, having higher expectations, being on the elite team, um, leaving Innova because they didn't believe in him and trust in him. He might have that kind of like chip on his shoulder um to go perform and that might be like hurting him at some like to some regard but i think it would be really meaningful and important for him to win cool uh anthony barella or isaac robinson isaac because then i think he would completely stir up the player of the year like awards um and then he could maybe go for i mean obviously he didn't win the european open but depending on how he competes at usdgc go for a three out of four majors in one year would just be lights out unheard of type yeah. type golf especially for a backhand dominant player yeah and by backhand dominant meaning he only throws forehands if he's 90 if he no yeah 98 percent of the time if not more. 
Um, Isaac Robinson or Cole Radolin? Ooh, that's a tough one. I think for the sport right now, it would be better for Isaac to win. But, but who I... would you rather see win? Uh, probably Isaac. I would love to see Cole win like next year. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm done with that. Yeah. Um, okay. Isaac Robinson or James Proctor? Isaac. I'd rather him help one manufacturer instead of a thousand manufacturers at one time. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, then here's here's a very tricky one for you. Isaac Robinson or Gannon Burr? <laughs> That's a tough one. I don't have an answer. Actually, I think I do, but it's still tough. I would. I'm gonna just. I'm gonna stick with Isaac. I picked the, on someone's Instagram post. They're like, "Oh, guess your your winner." And mine was Isaac and Kristen. So, I uh, deep down something in me wants him to win something in me thinks he's going to win and Gannon is too good too young in his career to already have a world championship okay that's all that's all you can have the U.S. championship but you don't get you don't get worlds before you turn 19 (laughs) you can't be a teenager no not anymore not anymore you have to be in your 20s crazy absolutely crazy okay uh Changing it up a little bit to older players, like yeah, more veteran players. Yep. Um, Matteo or Nicola Castro. Matteo, and strictly for the fact that it would just be a, the biggest pie in Trevor and Hunter's face of the whole Matteo can't win. Like, yeah, I think. Saga I think that they, everybody that they would put be on. so happy to see Matteo win. Yeah. Whereas you'd get a lot of people that wouldn't be necessarily happy. If Nico I won. mean, I'd be ecstatic if Nico won too. Just like, the, one, I haven't seen any like kind of outburst from him this year or any of those like on-course antics. So yeah, he's on I a tight he, leash. I think he's trending. <laughs> he's trending in the right direction. I think it's a good lesson for kids, kids and adults that, you can change his behavior. Yeah. What wasn't acceptable, but that doesn't mean you're a bad person. Doesn't um, define him. Yeah. So like, I would, I would like either of those to win, but I, just for the fact of rubbing it in Hunter's face that Matteo can't win would just be like, oh, his first win on the Pro Tour is World Championship would be awesome. Nice. Uh, okay, Matteo or Nate Sexton. It's tough because they're both at the end of their careers and they're mm-hmm. not going to have many more opportunities. Um, I'll say Nate Sexton just so that the Firebirds have even higher resale value. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, what do you think? Nico Castro or Jeremy Colon? Uh, Nico. Okay. Um, just for yeah, for those same reasons why I said I wouldn't mind him winning, or I'd like to have him win. Okay. 
Um, moving towards the more realistic winners in terms of veteran players, Calvin Heimberg or Simon Lazat? <laughs> it's your reaction. Like, oh my like, God. I, I love getting those, like the two names. It's like, that is hard to pick between them. Yeah. Mine's Simon, hands down. I, I was going to say Calvin. Just because he's he wants it so badly, and he, he deserves it. He deserves it. He doesn't have a major. He has all the pressure. He has all the eyes on him. Everyone thinks this should be his tournament, and to come out and actually do that would just be awesome. I would love Simon to win, but he doesn't need that to be. Yeah, a, he doesn't. A complete disc golfer. Yeah. It's true. Um, okay, Calvin Heimberg or Paul McBeth? Paul. I want him to just keep winning. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Calvin Heimberg or Ricky Wysocki? Calvin. And then Ricky or Paul? Paul. Paul or Simon? Paul. Paul, I, in my heart, he's the one who I always want to win Worlds. Okay. Yeah. Uh. Paul or Isaac Robinson? I mean, if it's coming down to them and a playoff. Now, who do you think is going to win? No, who I do you know. want to? I know. I just have to remind you and myself that. Yeah. I would I would want Paul to win. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Parker Wells or Jacob Cupcake Curtis? Parker. Because I think he would... Well, I don't think I know he would use as much of those winnings and earnings that he would get to help his family and friends back home in, in Maui. Yeah. Prayers out to, to those in Hawaii. Yeah. Um, okay. Last one. Eagle McMahon or Simon Lazat. Um, Let's just say Simon. I th- like in my head. I think Ego would win more, but I would want Simon to win more, and just send MVP to the moon and have them sign two or three huge names next year, and just like be the biggest disc golf conglomerate ever. Okay, because that, that, that's exactly that's what they're doing. Like it's amazing what they are doing. Right now, they sign oh, one. Yeah. They sign one guy. Boom, win worlds. Sign Simon to like his multi-million dollar deal, and he's won a lot of times with them. And two, yeah, he's won this year, and there was like zero expectation for him to win this year. None, none. He's won twice. It's called dad strength, baby. Like, and he's go. just and just like his attitude, mentality is just so contagious and refreshing from a professional athlete standpoint of like i don't have to be serious and keep a straight face and i have to be so focused all the time on my craft and i'm not gonna have fun doing it like he is so fun to watch he's so easy to root for um fan favorite yeah and then to just add a world title like i'm just picturing him being interviewed by either terry or brian and just like Hands on his head, like, 
oh my gosh like i had I, no I idea can't believe this is even real i had no idea this was gonna happen like i can't believe it like i was just throwing the disc so perfectly and it just worked out in my favor i guess like just his interviews are yeah. hilarious just, just <laughs> very very honest and genuine and humble answers yeah know? i don't know yeah well that yeah. is a professional transition right there to our last disc golf news and notes that we didn't touch on yeah and that is simon's new disc that just got released the neutron time lapse and i love absolutely love what mvp is doing with a simon run of discs because like we call them like a signature series or like paul Macbeth has his pm line yeah well they're calling these the simon line and that is almost a trademark trademarked term in disc golf yeah a simon line which is to throw an absolutely ridiculous line that only the elite of elite arms could actually execute the shot yeah and have it work out and that's a simon line and that's yep. what he does because he is the show he like just puts on a show for the fans and now he finally has a dd3 essentially mm -hmm. in mvp's lineup because mvp does not have a 12-speed driver. I know. They have 11, like, 11 and then a 13. Like, the most common width diameter disc you don't yeah. have, that makes no sense. The Destroyer, the Zeus, the DD3, <coughs> the D2, the Synapse, like, the yeah. Warbird. Every company has an overstable 12-speed. Yeah. Not MVP or Axiom. Yeah. Um, interesting, though, that it is branded as an axiom disc yeah not well why do you think that is it's I gonna be he, like i think he wanted you go to colors shop products yeah i think that's it if you go to shop products on infinite like yeah. this time lapse would come under axiom not mvp kind of find out, found that a little interesting unless like they're giving him like some like because the hex also an axiom disc i mean yeah. it doesn't really proxies like all they don't Proxies also, yeah. Axiom. Seems like they don't really care that much. No, because like it's all MVP anyways. Yes, like I people hardly identify Axiom; they just all call it MVP. Yeah, but like it makes me wonder if they're like giving him like equity in that company or something like that. I don't Possibly, know. it it could be. I I think it just falls so tightly under the same umbrella. Not like it's it's even more under the tight umbrella than like trilogy like trilogy players can throw anything from west side dynamic and latitude and now casta are they allowed to i'm not 100 percent sure I think, I think next year they can okay but this like but regardless for mvp it's they make everything and it's i one of the same like it it's the same exact thing um, my other hunch would be the process one. I think he just wanted colors. I don't think he wanted a black rim, and that's what black MVP, rims are so boring. That's what MVP does, but that's fine. I think that's great to have that be your thing, and you get to have Axiom be your colorful things. That's totally yeah. fine. Um, the disc itself has a dome, like it's actually dome. Dome. It's actually domey. So my guess is maybe the manu like the manufacturing process 
that they use for those black rims or the MVP discs will never create a dome, whereas what they use for the the Axiom, they might be able to. I don't know. That's just a weird hunch. But. Yeah. So to get to give a little context for the listeners out there, MVP, they have their gyro technology. The black rims are theirs. The colorful rims is Axiom, which they make all their molds. Between both companies, they don't have discs with any sort of dome to it. So, like on certain discs, like you could hear like a like a heartbeat. You know, yep. they call them like pop top drivers or whatever. MVP does not make pop top drivers. They might have like a slight, ever so slight dome to it, but that's just like kind of the natural shape of the disc. Yeah. Nothing that actually has a pop. Like I've got discs up here on my wall. I'm going to try to see if I can make one pop. Yep. Can you hear we that? Can hear, yeah, we can hear that. That is, that is called dome. Yeah. This is a destroyer. The destroyer has dome to it. Yeah. MVP does not make discs with dome. So the fact that they actually have a disc with dome was like one of the first things Simon pointed out. And it is one of the things he was like most excited about. He's like, it actually has dome to yeah. it. Like, yeah. I don't know. Very unique. Yeah. Kind of a so, tangent that only disc golf nerds would care about. But yeah. It's a cool video. He had a 15-ish oh, minute cool. video kind of going through des- the design process, unboxing for the first time, throwing for the first time, and throwing them. So it was really cool. Yeah. Really cool to see. Looked awesome. Excited. Looked awesome. And the, the rim had like some swirls in it too. Like they yeah. looked pretty. They were nice. Yeah. They've been doing that for a while for the, the Axiom discs. Yes. And it's only been a recent thing that they've added some swirls. Yeah. So it's been yeah. kinda cool. Yeah. So anyways, that's uh that's our news and notes. That's our dealer's choice. Yeah. Did you have any in the bag news that you wanted to go over? No. Okay. Mm. <laughs> I get no. I get my bayonet and my uh my Guadalupe this weekend. So nice. Excited excited about that. I'll hopefully be able to report next week. We'll see. Um Last thing, and this is a super quick dealer's choice. If you could put any stamp or die or design on a disc, what would you want on a disc? And like, do you have a specific disc that I would do it on? Yeah, stamp for a specific disc. I can go first if that. If you need a second, because I've thought about this for a while. Yeah, you go. Yeah, you go first. You go first. So I'm currently working with a local guy here who I met in a couple tournaments. Um, his name is Caden, super cool guy. He is going to uh, put the Kansas City Chiefs Arrowhead KC logo on top of a white Lux link. So nice. my throwing link will be with my favorite team, with the stamp on it. Also, I've wanted to get the Portland Trailblazers logo because that would look cool spinning. Yeah. Because it's like yep. – it's a um, inverse reciprocal. I don't know the proper it, terminology. It's, when it spins, it looks the same. Yes, yeah. uh, like almost like gyroscopic kind of thing. Yeah. And then also, Micah has a quick ball, which is a pokeball on a uh, zone of his, and it's like one of my favorite discs ever. Yeah, and it like made me think, like, do I want a pokeball on my disc? Because lots of people do that. 
but then I thought it would be cool to have like a like Pokeball like opening up and like a little Pokemon like on its way coming out. Like Yeah, that'd be cool. But that'd be kind of fun too. Yeah. But just thought I'd throw it your way. See if you had any uh, interesting ideas, unique, fun stuff that you've you and I don't necessarily have artistic abilities. No, we have not. not, not well, yeah. But little, minimal. Yeah. Not that not that we couldn't, but it's not our forte. Yeah, we have the uh, ideas, but we don't have the execution for sure. Exactly. So just thought I'd see if you had any thoughts. Um not I would I would actually really like and I would copy Simon's his Elsa disc. I think that'd be sick. I'd put it on a white disc and just put some like kind of light blue uh, snowflakes around the side with, of it. With Elsa? Yeah, with Elsa. He is he is on a on I think he has Elsa now. Oh, Elsa now, yes. He had Anna on an FT3. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was thinking if I'd want to put like a Pikachu on my old, that, that yellow Explorer, but I don't think so. <laughs> I just, yeah. I like, I like him plain. I, I don't want like a big Huck Lab, even though it looks cool spinning through the air. I don't need to like, See how my disc is spinning. I like I like very plain. I like very boring. Um, small small things would be would be better for me. But just cute characters that I would that I would like. Olaf. Yeah. Uh, a disc that we are in the works on. Hopefully, creating funds for one day is a left hand backhand uh, die or. What do, you, what do you call it? Um, like Dimax? Dimax, yes. That yeah. uh, that Dynamic Discs does. So we've talked about doing that, which we need to come yeah. up with a a cool left-hand backhand. So if there's any uh, designers out there, hit us up, left-hand backhand. Yeah. Uh, we want to get it printed on a couple of discs, which would be pretty fun. So let us know if you're interested in that, and we can work together. Yeah, we got some discs to trade you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got four rows and I got eight boxes that I need to sell. And yeah, yeah. I got too Stack, many discs. Stacks on stacks. Stacks on stacks on stacks. Yeah. Well, speaking of, we have too many discs that we need to sell. Um, is there anything that you're looking forward to? Because I have something that I'm looking forward to this weekend. If If you don't. I can go first if you want. Well, I'll, I'm excited to hear what yours is. I briefly already mentioned mine, that I'm getting a couple of discs coming out. And yeah. I might be able to play a mountain course this weekend while I'm out in the mountains. I'm not sure yet. So nice. we'll kind of see how that goes. I'm excited for Worlds. And I'm also excited that the Color Glow FD3 is coming out uh, on September 8th. So nice. in a week. And I already have talked to a couple of people that have, they just have to wait until the 8th before they can sell it. And uh, I'm going to get hooked up. So nice. excited about that. But now I'm excited to know what your thing is. Well, my, I don't think mine's that exciting. But this weekend, the disc golf store that's only 45 minutes away from me, it's the closest one, is uh they're letting, they're having a kind of warehouse sale where you get to like, go into the back of the shop and mm. see all their products 
and touch through them and like <laughs> feel them all and look at each one individually. Um, so I'm going to go there and I'm going to take my sweet time and I hope I don't find discs, but when you get to say, act, do you have a list that you're going in with? Like no, that's, that's, that's what, that's what we're going to talk about after this show. And then next week we can, I'll, I'll show you my, my treasures if I, Ooh. if I find anything, but, Sheesh. um, so I'm going in with a blank slate to feel, bend, smell, touch all these frisbees and hopefully not lick. No, I'm not going to taste them. But okay. oh my god, why doesn't Clash make their discs smell like the fruit or thing that they make? Well, what company is it that makes uh, it's sacred sacred discs? Yeah, but they just have like aromas in their disc. But like, yeah, what if you had the berry and it just smelled like strawberry? That'd be dope. Or ginger and it smelled like ginger. Or mint, Ma- mango, mint, popcorn. Peppermint. My God, that would be the coolest thing ever. The salt and pepper would be a little weird, but yeah, that'd be kind yeah, of yeah. Salt, salt doesn't really have a smell. But pepper would make you sneeze, but that'd be so uh, much. If you if you could lick it, you know, then all yeah. of a sudden you're like, oh, this is salt. Like that would be so cool. That's, that's how you can get blind people to know what your disc says. You just sniff your disc and be like, oh, okay, this one yeah. smells like X. This is my what Expo are, disc. What are those um those pens that like? <laughs> yes. That, I don't know what they're called. When you're, but they, they always when you're a little kid and they like the blue one smelled the best. Yeah, yeah. There's like a so. lemon one and a cherry and like you'd like smell them and then your friend would bump your arm and you dot it's your shoved nose. Shut up your nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always. Yep, yep, yep. yep, yep. Classic man. Yeah. That's a classic. So cool. Wow. Yep, we got an exciting Great. week of worlds. Um, Great episode. Make sure you guys follow along. Get out there and watch. Subscribe to DGN. Uh, leave your comments, reviews, like the podcast, anything. We appreciate it. Um, don't know how many of you make it to this point of the episode, but we appreciate you. We love you. Yeah. And uh, Lefties will be back next week. So, peace. Lefties out.